This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Hello, all you beautiful people. I hope you are having uh, an incredible day wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thank you for uh, tuning into the Behold podcast. My name is Dan, and I am flying solo today. Uh, my partner in crime, Sean Helch, is uh, away on vacation this week, a much-needed, a much-deserved little R&R, some time away. And um, all our usual guests actually turned me down as well this week, so I'm, uh, I'm feeling a little rejected, but uh, also really excited to just... Uh, have your ear just for a few quick moments, just to just to talk about some things that God's been um, just you know putting in my mind and on my heart, and I uh, just pray it'll be a, a fun, beneficial time. Uh, sorry you're stuck with me, but I'm so glad you're here, and uh, let's let's kick this thing off. Um, a couple ideas I have for our time together, you know, just uh, wanted to share just some a few thoughts as we're coming to the end of our Love and Liberty series. And Charlie Meng brought the word he, he preached on, on Sunday at the crossing, and that's where I was on, on Sunday. And just wanted to share a few things from, uh, from that message that really stuck out with me and to share how it really uh, dovetailed um, just really powerfully and beautifully with something that I experienced um, this morning, Wednesday morning, uh, at the men's gathering that we call Reveille. So I'll share a few thoughts about that. And then also <clears throat> I wanted to let you guys in um, on a little uh, project that we're working on, a little study that we're doing in our Monday morning staff meetings. And so I'll, I'll share just um, some thoughts along those lines as well. And and then I'll send you guys off into uh, just whatever you guys got going for the rest of your day. So, so <clears throat> first off, let's just jump right into what Charlie talked about, and um, he he took us through First Corinthians, uh, starting in chapter ten, verse twenty three, all the way to the end, and then the first verse of chapter eleven, and the whole idea of the message and the whole idea of this text is just about simplifying things for us, about helping us understand, man, what is life really all about? Because we're living in in a day and age where it's easy to get kind of bogged down and, um, and confused and overwhelmed um, in the minutia. There's just so much information coming at us and there's so many different worldviews and ideas and, uh, and just information. And um, it's hard to, I don't know, sometimes we feel like we're spinning. And so this was a great text and a great message just to, to remind us, Hey man, what is life about? Like bring us back to center. And, um, you know, one of the the things that Charlie said that's just really been resonating with me and, and it's just so true is uh, <clears throat> life is not about me. And um, I don't know if when you heard that, it cut you to the heart like it cut me, but it was just so important. I just heard God speaking that he's, he was just saying, this is this is what life is all about. And, and really, this is the gospel. If you look at what Jesus did for us. He, he entered into uh, humanity. He entered into the mess and he took on the form of, of a servant. 
and he laid his life down in, in a horrific way. Um, and he did that, you know, to, to win us back. And so it's this substitutionary like exchange. I'm, I'm laying my life down for your life. And if, if we are to have that mind, if we're to have that same attitude of Christ Jesus, then, then we're to do that for each other. That, um, you know, our life is about giving our life away and, uh, it's counterintuitive. It goes against our human nature, but as soon as we can embrace that, the more we can, uh, really fulfill God's purposes that he has on our life. And so I really liked how Charlie just broke it down, you know, looking at verses 31 through 33. Uh, and it's just this, this beautiful summary of this life that we can have of influence in ministry. And uh, there's three, three points that Charlie gave us. And I just, I'm going to give them back to you so that you can continue to, to ponder them and consider them. So point one is God's glory. So we, it, we have this amazing mission from God to accurately represent his nature to the world. Um, so whatever we do, whatever, we're, even if we're doing something as, you know, menial and, 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 and small as eating or drinking, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but this, as I heard that on Sunday, it was, it was awesome. It was amazing. I was blown away. I'm just like, God, why would you do this? <laughs> I mean, this is just so, it's too wonderful for me. Um, but, but also, you know, it's very daunting and it can be discouraging because we do fall short. And, um, you know, we, we, we sometimes forget that we're carrying that image with us. Um, but I just loved how Gary, you know, um, sorry, Gary, sorry, Charlie. Um, but I just loved how Charlie, um, just encouraged us, you know, just to say, Hey man, we're, we're all in this um, process together, this process of sanctification. And God is going to give us the grace and the strength that we need both individually and as a church family to, to do what he's called us to do. Um, he's not going to leave us hanging. And, um, that was very encouraging to me. So God's glory is one. Number two is people's pleasure. So, uh, our goal in life is to make others lives as, as awesome and great and pleasurable as we possibly can. And, um, you know, this was really interesting too, because I think a lot of times, you know, we read this verse, verse 32 and, and, uh, and 33, and, uh, we hear it, it says, Hey, Paul was living to please everyone in everything that he did. He was not seeking his own advantage, um, but the advantage of many so that many would be saved. And I think a lot of times, you know, Charlie did a great job of explaining this is like, sometimes we see people pleasing as, as a negative thing. It's something that we should avoid. And he, he explained that it's like, you know, in the negative sense of people pleasing is I'm going to jump through whatever hoops I need to do. I'm going to do whatever, you know, I'm going to kind of bend and twist and turn to fit others needs so that I can, they'll like me more so I can get that pat on the back so I can feel good or better about myself. And that's really the, the distinguishing, um, you know, point there between what, what Paul's encouraging us with and what sometimes we see as a negative aspect of relationship. And the goal is, is not for, for people to like us more or for 
there, you know, we're just, we're just trying to pacify people so that there's never any issues or anything like that. Um, the idea is we want to be, um, we want to basically create more opportunities for people to come and share in the life of Christ. We want to, um, make people's lives around us, whether they're inside the church, outside of the church, we want to make them, um, you know, just experience that love and that truth and that hope and purpose that we have experienced. And we want to invite them in. And so I just really love that. And, and it covers everyone, literally everyone in the whole world. Um, and so, yeah, God's glory, people's pleasure. And then the third point is Christ's mentoring. And this is the idea of learning to become more like Christ. And really that is God's goal for all of his children is he wants us to become more like Christ through this, this ongoing eternal process of transformation, uh, sanctification. And, um, man, I just really appreciated Charlie's analogy just about, um, you know, with his kids, like getting, you know, he puts them in bed and he finally, you know, gets to sit down and have some time to himself. And, and what do the kids do? They come out, right? Um, if you're a parent, you can, you can relate to that, I'm sure. And, um, I just try to think, man, like what, I mean, Charlie challenged us to think like, what would Christ do? You know, like I want my kids to be, um, looking at my life, uh, and, and I want them to see Jesus. I want them to see, man, I, (laughs) I'm, I'm putting aside what I, what I want and, and what I, you know, even need at sometimes to, uh, to sacrificially lay my life down for you. And, um, you know, that, that's something I, that maybe none of us would even ever dream of saying, right. It's, uh, you know, Paul says in verse, verse, uh, one of chapter 11, be imitators of me, <laughs> right? I mean, how many of us would actually say to someone in our lives, Hey, do what I do. Watch me. <laughs> As I'm following Christ, you just model your your experience in your life after me. Um, most of us would never even dream of saying that. You know, most of us we're we're, we're trying to hide uh, certain areas of our life so that no. Oh, I hope no one ever sees me do this. Or I, you know, I hope my my wife doesn't walk in the room when I'm doing that. You know, um, and and obviously none of us are perfect, but. But just to have that that kind of confidence and that that it really it produces a freedom and this that, that I think is really what we're getting at with this whole series this love and liberty it's like if we're really following after Christ and if we're really imitating Him then anybody could see us in any situation at any time and and see a picture of Jesus it'll be imperfect, you know, it'll fall short, but even in our imperfections and even in our, our, our shortcomings, it's an opportunity for us to point to the the grace and mercy of our, our father and to, to say, this is why Jesus came. Right. So, um, those are just, you know, some, some thoughts and some, some summary and take some takeaways for me. And, and I know even, even throughout that day and, and into this week, I've just been thinking about, my interactions with people and am I being guided by these summary statements? And it's just been good. And so I hope it's been good for you guys too. Um, and it was so cool at, at Reveille today uh, at our, at our men's gathering. Um, 
we, we meet the first Wednesday of every month at 6 a.m. at the Crossing Campus. And we had guys from, from both campuses come out and we had, um, you know, guys younger than me, guys in my age range, guys older than me. It was just a great mix and um, such an encouraging time. And one of, uh, one of our brothers, you know, just shared about his struggle um, through most of his adult life with severe, severe chronic pain. And it's to the point where, you know, this person, this guy really is not, is unable to sleep. And for many, many years has been living off of, you know, if he gets two hours of sleep, uh, it's, it's a good night of sleep and he feels like a new man. Um, and for most of us, man, we can't even fathom that kind of debilitating pain, but he just kind of shared his story and, and shared how God has met him in that place. And even to the point where, um, I mean, first of all, if you knew this guy, you would never know unless, unless you, you know, if you, let's just say you just met him, you would never know that he's living with chronic pain because he's such just a, a, a joy to be around. He's so, um, active in, uh, in his family and in our church. Um, he is just such a servant and, and such just a, uh, just a godly example of what it means to be uh, a man of, a man of that follows after Christ and, um, he's never grumpy. He's never, uh, you know, woe is me pity party type of situation. And just, it was just so inspirational just to hear his story. Um, but anyway, he, you know, he got to a point, uh, several years ago where he's just, he just asked the Lord, just, you know, can you just take me home? And, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to live this way anymore unless, you know, uh, unless you can, you can use me for, for your purposes. And, he really uh, identifies with the apostle Paul, you know, in the sense where he had multiple times asked Jesus, heal me from this thorn in my flesh. And, um, and Jesus said, no, he said, I'm not going to heal you because my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so it really has been just, uh, he has an amazing track record uh, of just serving and, and giving his life away. And, and embracing just the the self-sacrificial love that we're called to in Christ. And it was just such a, just a beautiful picture of what we talked about on Sunday, that, that life is not about me. And if I, you know, if I, if I have to endure suffering or I have to lay down my preferences or uh, adapt my life in some way so that I can better love somebody or so that I can create a clearer path, to the gospel in somebody's life, I'm going to do it because there's incredible joy. There's incredible purpose and it's what Christ modeled for us. And so my encouragement to, to all of you who are listening is just, you know, are you embracing that? Are you embracing the, uh, the purpose of life, this, this substitutionary uh, gospel centered perspective, you know, my life for your life. I'm going to lay down what I have so that I can love you better. Um, a lot of you guys know that I'm a, I'm a huge Green Bay Packers fan. And, and one of the things that is really fun about being a Packers fan is they play in Wisconsin, um, you know, in, in, in the winter. <laughs> and so you can imagine it gets pretty cold and there's this, their stadium is, uh, it's called Lambeau Field and it's this historic 
sports, you know, it's iconic. Um, and it, they have this huge home field advantage. You know, when other teams come out to uh, Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra, they call it, uh, you know, they, they're not acclimated to uh, that, that type of weather. You know, they're not used to what it feels like to, you know, to get hit, you know, how everything just hurts more. They're not used to, to the footing and to how the ball flies in the air and the moisture in the air and things like that. And so when teams from other parts of the country come in, you know, it's a huge advantage for us. And I heard one of the players say, you know, one time as he was discussing that advantage, he, he said, you know, we just embrace the suck. <laughs> they said, you know, this cold weather sucks for everybody, but we live in it and we're, we've, we've adapted to it. We have basically settled that this is our reality. And so they embrace it. And, and so, you know, I just, I love that picture of, yeah, life is hard. You know, life, life is going to take all kinds of sacrifice and there's going to be suffering and you're going to have to lay stuff down and trade up to do, you know, you put something down, you love to, to do something you love even more. Um, and that, that hurts sometimes, but I think the more we can embrace it, the more we can embrace the suck, <laughs> uh, I think the more joy we'll find in it and, and the more we'll see God's kingdom come, the more we'll see people, uh, you know, walking in the life that, that God uh, has for them. So that's my thought. Um, really excited. I get to, I get to kind of at the crossing campus, like tie a little bow on this love and Liberty series, uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, the incomparable Nate Baird did that last week at the Altamont. And so he and I have just been having some great conversations this week and um, just going to be sharing some, some things for us just to, to keep in mind uh, as we go into the Christmas season, you know, some, some personal evaluation for us. And so really excited to, 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 to share that. And I'm really just, you know, praying that God will allow these truths to, to really transform us and really change us. And so uh, please stay tuned for that. And I hope to see you on Sunday at the crossing as we wrap up love and Liberty and we head into our Christmas series. Um, okay. Before I let you go, I, I just want to um, share just a little bit about what we've been doing as a staff. Um, and uh, it's just been a really sweet uh, time for us. We always spend time before we get into the nitty gritty businessy kind of stuff, um, or pastoral care matters or, or, you know, planning stuff. We always spend some time just in the word, you know, just, to, just making sure that we're, um, that we're growing and, and that we're being equipped. And, um, it's just, it's always such a rich time. And, um, what we've been doing lately is we've been looking at just this, this concept f from, uh, John 15 of, abiding or, or remaining in Jesus. And Jesus said that I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Any, every branch that, that does not bear fruit, the, the vine dresser takes away and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And it goes on to say that when we stay connected to the life of Jesus as our vine, um, we are going to, that, that's where we're going to be producing fruit. That's where we're going to have good effects that our life is going to be a blessing to others. And, and we'll be able to walk in the good works that God has planned for us. 
And we've been looking specifically at this concept of uh, God, the father being the vine dresser that, you know, if that's true, you know, if, if, if we rolled that analogy forward, uh, you know, there's this, there's, there's this whole world of, of, you know, owning a, a, a vineyard, um, planting a crop, tending to it, harvesting it, all this stuff. And, um, it's a very, you know, descriptive type of, uh, analogy that John gives us, um, through Jesus's words there. And, um, what we've been doing is like, you know, if, if our father is, is the vine dresser, like, what does that actually mean, you know, for us? Like, and, um, we've been, we've been sharing all kinds of different implications and, and, uh, basically what we did this last week is Gary asked us, Hey, pick one of those implications. Like if God is our vine dresser, if God, the father is our vine dresser, um, you know, pick one of your implications of that. Um, so like, for example, like, like I wrote that, you know, if he's the vine dresser, um, he, uh, he's involved in our growth, right? So he gets his hands dirty, right? If he's our vine dresser, then he knows exactly what needs to be done to, to our branch so that we can stay connected to the vine and bear the most fruit and, and, and so on and so forth. So we, we, we made a list. I think he had, he had us make like 10, 10 different implications. And then this last week, Gary said, pick one of those and write a one page paper about it. And all of us, you know, hemmed and hawed and groaned and, oh no, not homework. And uh, he gave it to us over Thanksgiving break. He gave us homework uh, to, to write a paper. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty funny, but I just thought I would just share, share my paper with you. I'm just going to read it and, and just kind of let it, let it sit with you guys. And, and maybe what you can do, uh, you know, after this podcast at some point, maybe just, just go through John chapter 15 and just read the chapter and just, just see what implications stick out to you, you know, about Jesus being our vine and, and God, the father being our vine dresser. So the, the title of my one page paper is the vine dressers delight. So here goes nothing. Most vine dressers do the hard work of cultivating the soil, planting the crop, and tending to its growth because they're looking to make a living. They need income to feed their families, pay their bills, etc. But that is not the case for our vine dresser. No, our Father in heaven needs nothing. He is the God who made all things, He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't dwell in human temples, He isn't served by human hands, He has no needs whatsoever. Our vine dresser is abundantly wealthy. All the beasts of the fields and the birds of the air belong to him. He doesn't get hungry and needs to eat. He doesn't grow weary or faint and needs to rest. He is the everlasting God. Furthermore, when earthly vine dressers make wine, they do so by the sweat of their brows. The earth itself fights against them. No matter how much an earthly vine dresser may enjoy the process, they will invariably come to points where it becomes laborious or unpleasant. Our Father in heaven, our loving and generous and wise vine dresser, does not succumb to this human inevitability. He delights in us and he enjoys seeing the good fruit that we bear as we stay connected to Jesus. 
Here are some wonderful passages that show God's delight in being the vine dresser for his people. He has so much delight that he even praises us the way a proud father would encourage and spur on his children. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Psalm 147.11 The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. 1 Peter 1.6-7 and 7, In this, in this salvation, you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Romans 2, 29. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the Spirit not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then, at that time, each one will receive his commendation from God. It's amazing stuff. The vine dresser delights in tending to the vine and its branches. The father is excited about the harvest. He is looking forward to collecting the fruit, making the wine, and rejoicing together with his sons and daughters at the marriage supper of the lamb. Not only that, but he also enjoys the process of helping each branch produce the maximum fruit possible. Well, I hope that's encouraging to you and, um, Really, that is just the, the, at the core, at the center of, of the gospel that has saved us who have trusted and put our faith in Christ, this reality that we have a father who is generous and giving and loving, and he didn't hold anything back from us. He, he gave his very best, his son, so that we could have peace with him, so that we could in be integrated into his life. And, um, he's, he's doing everything. He's working in us. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't notice, he is, um, orchestrating life for us so that we can bear the most fruit possible. And so I hope that's an encouragement to you and, uh, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, thanks for, for tuning in. You guys are awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week with, uh, with Sean and a guest and hope you guys have a great rest of your week. See you Sunday. God bless. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.